Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Uh, this is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where the, the mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. That's a dad that prioritizes physical presence, is engaged emotionally, and leads spiritually by example. The vision is to engage dads in raising a godly generation by reinvigorating the church on the fathering front. So that's what we do. We come beside the church to encourage and equip dads. uh, And uh, so let us know how we can be of help. In this podcast uh, series, we're talking about spiritual leadership. Why? Because uh, dads, it's the tendency and the, the natural flow is to lead our families secularly by our example as we try to provide for our families and, and work hard. Uh, we, we may be leading more secularly than we realize. So this is a call to lead and, and uh, hopefully in a, an encouragement to lead spiritually by example. To do this, I'm looking at the uh, favorite king, my favorite king in scripture, King Josiah, uh, where the, the scripture says that uh, neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his strength in accordance to all of the law of Moses. As you know, you have to realize that we're including David, Solomon, and any king after Josiah. No king turned to the heart, turned his heart to the Lord as Josiah did. So that's a guy worth looking at, studying, and and emulating, and uh, how he led spirit led his nation spiritually by his example. We've talked about in the first uh, two podcasts. We talked about the uh, holy nudging that Josiah received as a young man. Uh, to check out the temple of the Lord, to uh, assess the status quo there. Then we talked about his conviction that uh, uh, that he was uh, uh, his actually his uh, discerning of what he was to do uh, when it came to understanding uh, the book of the law that Hilkiah the priest had found. And in this session, we're moving toward uh, looking at the conviction that he incurred and uh, how he communicated to his people uh, through the way the conviction hit his heart and his soul. But uh, before we get going, I want to introduce uh, my uh, partner in ministry here with us, uh, Mr. Jason Hall. Jason, welcome welcome to this podcast. Thank you so much, Rick. I'm honored and blessed to be here. Well, Jason is our operations manager at Faithful Fathering, and he's all about uh, coming beside the church to help you build those core groups. So uh, use us as a resource as we can. But uh, here we're talking about uh, the way uh, uh, Josiah was convicted. You know, I, I, I think uh, upon that conviction, his spiritual leadership and the status quo of his nation, uh, you know, that's Josiah sent out uh, to to uh, carry God's word forward, to, to uh, uh, communicate it more clearly. Uh, you know, it says that uh, once he had uh, learned of, of the, the word and understood what Huldah, the prophetess, had to say about the word, then he just, he, he got on, the, on top of the, t- the uh, temple grounds, mm-hmm. and uh, it says that, that upon hearing all of this and discerning as he did, he said that it says the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in the hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. 
the king stood by his pillar and uh, renewed the covenant, uh, uh, renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord, keep his commands, statutes, and decrees with all of his heart and with all of his soul to obey the words of the covenant written in the book. That's documented in Second Chronicles 34:30 to 32. And uh, I would say the way to communicate the way to communicate God's word is to read God's yes. word. That makes sense to me. How about you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Have you uh, practiced the discipline, uh, or can you share what discipline you have practiced in reading God's word? Sure, um, Rick. Each day, uh, for me personally, I've set aside some time, whether it be about a half an hour, uh, to read God's word, um, to encourage, to strengthen my relationship with Him, and also. Sometimes I'll see things that I can share with others, mm-hmm. uh, my family, think practices that applications I can do daily. Um, so I'll read a passage and then I'll get the context and understanding of what God is trying to say. And then I'll, I'll use that in my everyday life. Mm. I know uh, it was about, shoot, it's been 25, 30 years ago that my pastor came to me and said, uh, do you know Jesus? I said, Mm -hmm. well, yes, I've been baptized. And he says, that's not what I asked. (laughs) Do you know Jesus? I said, well, I'm here every Sunday, Pastor. That's not what I asked. (laughs) He said, have you read his, his book? Mm. And I said, wait a minute, I just read man-sized books. You know? yeah. <laughs> he said, and so he, he uh, you know, we said, well, just start with man-sized pieces. You know, start with the epistles, uh, yes. with Romans, and read through uh, Jude, and then go back and read the Gospels and Acts, and mm. then go back and read Genesis through Revelation oh, yeah. all the way through the Word of God. And uh, so that, that started me. I, I always like to accept a challenge, and that uh, uh, took me down the path to, to, uh, to really get to know God. And uh, so uh, what I would do is very similar. I would, uh, I'm an early morning person, so I'd get up an extra 45 minutes or an hour early, and I would read a, a couple of chapters in the, in the book mm-hmm. I was in. I would uh, pick out a verse or two that jumped out at me and write it down, maybe write some thoughts around that. So I'd do a little bit of journaling. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go on a walk, uh, and lots of times it'd still be dark outside. I'd go on a walk and and just pray and see what the Lord is saying through through that. And it wasn't it wasn't a race through Scripture. Uh, it took me a couple of years to get that. I never uh, I'm not a real fast reader anyway, but I was just absorbing the Word and the and what I gleaned through that whole process was not only. Uh, getting to know Jesus because it's all about Jesus, right? Old Testament and New. The whole book ought to be in red print. But uh, but it also allowed me to start discerning uh, things from a, a scriptural perspective, right. which, um, you know, what I would call a biblical worldview versus that secular worldview that I was so caught up in. And uh, so I always thought that's that's kind of what uh, Josiah did when he when he read the word to the people. He said, you know, listen, <laughs> you know, we're not where we need to be. And uh, and he he was conveying his own conviction, but then communicating that uh, this is what we should be uh, living into more than uh, just just going on day by day in a secular world. But uh, have you ever gone ahead and shared that uh, reading practice with your family? Yes, uh, especially my teenagers. They, it's it's interesting. My youngest daughter always she desires it every day. She she always asks to do it because we trained her up since she was really young. 
and the teenagers, um, they both use devotionals. So they have uh, these teenage devotional books and teenage Bibles that they're able to read through and they're able to capture scripture. And then what we do a lot of times, we'll ask them like, hey, you know, what are you reading about? How is God speaking to you and things like that? So we can conversate with them and kind of coach them through Mm -hmm. um, whatever they're digesting for the Mm -hmm. spiritual walk. And when they attend like different youth groups and, you know, with other kids and things like that, Mm. that nature. So um, just what we do is what I do is to emphasize um, the spiritual practice of, you know, setting aside a time each day to dive into scripture, read it, and then really digest what's going on. And if they need help understanding some things, of course, they can come to us and we just ask some questions. Mm. That's, a, that's a good way to hold them accountable. And, yes. uh, and, <laughs> you know, charge them with that question. You know, here uh, Josiah has, uh, they've renewed the covenant. Uh, the covenant of God was renewed. He said the scripture in Second Kings says, then all the people pledged themselves to mm-hmm. the covenant. Uh, now, that, now the charge was to obey the word of God, to live into the covenant relationship they committed to. The old adage that uh, it's easier to say than do (laughs) comes to mind because, uh, of course, kids don't always listen to what we say, but they certainly watch what we do. Absolutely. And uh, so uh, that that charges us to make sure that our example uh, is is what it needs to be. Uh, Have you been caught uh, where I may not have been leading by example? That's not really what I intended to be caught. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, a simple thing, actually, it's funny, it happened a couple years ago. My son is into sports, loves basketball, and I told him about a, a week prior to when he asked me, he said, oh, I'm going to get you a basketball on Friday, a brand-new basketball, because the one he was having was all used up and it didn't have any grip on it anymore. And it was very simple. And to me, and he, he approached me and held me accountable. He said, Dad, you know, Friday has passed. I thought you said you were going to do it. You didn't fulfill what you said. And I said, whoa. And I felt this conviction. And I said, son, you're right. I said, I'm going to go today and get it because I said I would do it. Mm -hmm. And because he didn't ask me, I'm the one that decided I would get him a new basketball. So it was just a it was a simple principle. But yet he held me accountable to speak Mm -hmm. what I what I said I was going to do. That's a, that's a great note. You, know, you don't want to overpromise, right? Uh, you know, if you gotta, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no is that's where it. it's written down. And uh, <laughs> and I think if we we tend to, uh, I always think of the the dad that was going to take his son fishing and he didn't, mm. and uh, mm. that that's something the son didn't forget. You know, wow. and it just stays it stays locked in. Absolutely. So our charge is to uh, you know we do have to lead by example. Uh, how is your how is your example uh, set a more secular tone? Uh, that the kids have picked up uh, on, uh, have, you know, has uh, is there anything that you've done that says, ooh, that, you know, I, I, I always tell my son, you're just supposed to get my good qualities, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> not my bad ones. And, uh, you know, is there anything you've seen your son pick up that uh, that you really didn't intend for him to pick up? Yes, I think um, We won't definitely. talk about language. I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know right? <laughs> Keep it clean. No, they're complaining. Mm-hmm. You know, just complaining about things that I see. Oh, that should be like this. You know, that should be like that. And they're saying that. Mm. And I'm like, uh, the Bible says do everything without complaining and murmuring and disputing. So um, one thing that I told my wife recently, it's interesting that you said this question. I said, it's okay to be concerned about things, but not to complain. And so this rapid complaint, so my kids picked up on that. 
And my son's watching, like, oh, okay, Dad, you're, you're getting a little much on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, and, and, uh, and to build on that, how, how do you move from, you know, you, you catch yourself leading secularly, by example. How do you move into that spiritual leadership piece? What, what, what can you do differently? Great question. Um, what I told my wife is the other day, even with that particular situation, was, you know, I, w- I want to move differently, mm-hmm. hold me accountable. Um, I told my kids, I, I, the most humbling thing I've had to do is just apologize to my kids. It's not easy all the time. I know some people may struggle. I definitely, but just to say, you know what, I didn't lead well in that way. Um, I want to change. And so I've done that with complaining. I've done that with my food intake, with my weight, and ask them to help me. And they said, Dad, you, you're not supposed to get that dessert. And I'm like, you're right. I'm going to, so humbling myself to really allow them to keep me accountable is huge. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, that, uh, yeah, that will uh, take you down the wrong path sometimes that uh, you, these, these kids start to think they're in control. You yeah, know, right? <laughs> they give them too much power now. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, uh, well, I, I think it's important to give the dads some tips, and I, I'll throw yeah. some out there and we can add to them there, uh, sure. Jason. But, you know, tips for leading spiritually by example, I always say establish that personal discipline to spend time in scripture and prayer as part of your uh, daily routine so you know as as your kids see you reading scripture uh, i think that can be a, a powerful influence so yes. maybe that's something they want to pick up on is there, is there anything along those lines that you would uh, a tip for dads on that front sure <laughs> i think that's huge rick um one thing a simple thing that you know i was brought up doing is always uh, pray before a meal mm-hmm. uh, or pray you know before some you know, a family will, what we'll do is like, I'll ask the kids like, hey, there's a family really struggling. How can we pray for them? And then what can we do? Like we just got out of the Christmas season. So we try to pick a family like we can help, you know, so Mm -hmm. we take the kids and go shopping and buy some necessities for the family, uh, model that so they can see that, hey, it's not just about us. It's really about Jesus first. And then we want to see how we can serve others. So showing them that, taking them to volunteer at a soup kitchen or something like that. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the steps that you can take um, that you gather your family. Say, hey, let's go volunteer somewhere. Let's go serve. Let's help in our local church, whatever it may be in the community that needs help. Mm -hmm. That's a good tip. Another tip is to uh, pray with your bride daily. Let your kids see you pray uh, together because that's, I will say, you know, they they say marriages fail about half the time, but when couples mm-hmm. pray together, it's less than 2% of the time. Wow. So uh, yeah. that prayer is a powerful way to move forward. And the other thing I, I encourage that is to, you know, understand that the marriage relationship is the closest thing to our relationship with Jesus here in the physical, mm-hmm. uh, in the physical world. So uh, allowing our kids to really see uh, this relationship reflect Jesus the Christ is probably the single biggest education piece that we can uh, provide for our kids. Absolutely. Is that daily example of Christ-like uh, behavior in the home and the way a, a man relates to a woman and a woman relates to a man in marriage. Another tip would be to pray with your kids uh, every mm. night. Uh, that's a practice I, I uh, certainly practice from early on. Uh, I guess my, my challenge <clears throat> was I would pray for the kids when they were little and then tend to pray with them as they started to mature to discuss you know their prayer concerns and what have you but every night I would put them down and we would we would pray together but uh, I would say the real challenge is is 
passing the baton for children to have their own prayer life to where they take responsibility for that relationship and that prayerful interaction with our Heavenly Father. Have you, uh, what's, what's been your experience in praying with the kids through yeah. all these seasons that you have oh, in your heart? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question because I have the older ones, the younger ones. Um, just being that intentional, um, asking them for prayer concerns, but also like you said, approaching them with, you know, how, how are your friends doing? How, and like my daughter, for example, um, turning 17 now, she, um, you know, was expressing concerns for her, some of her friends, and they were really struggling. One of them in a separated home, uh, a parent, the parents are struggling. So that's a great opportunity. You know, you want to pray for them. And she's like, yeah, you know, that, that could really assist. You never know how God will move. So just encouraging them as they engage with their own colleagues and their friends in school mm-hmm. that they can lift up prayer concerns and, and, and serve them in those ways. Good, good. Yeah, that another dimension, uh, one tip I would say is to introduce uh, uh, that spiritual perspective to a family discussion. Uh, it can be around the dinner table or any time, but it could be a worldly situation. It could be a situation in school. But to introduce a, a a spiritual perspective mm. versus, you know, where there's sometimes, uh, you know, say there's some animosity in the school, then there's, a, there's some revenge or some you right. know, some judgment going on or what have you. But then to come in and introduce a, a spiritual perspective to that, I think uh, that's that's part of that biblical worldview trumping the right. uh, the secular worldview that may be going on in the school. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Yeah. yeah, that's huge. I love that. Uh, any other uh, any other tips? Any of these particular one is there ones you would you would uh, really encourage dads to focus on anything that that uh, on your heart to, to sure I love that um, so one thing that I do is um, during usually major milestones like birthdays different things like that for my kids um, actually I write them a letter you know I'll, I'll mm-hmm. write a handwritten to encourage them to write scripture to say I'm praying for them but just to esteem them so they can have something tangible you know, for even, you know, when my time is up, when the Lord is gone, they will have these handwritten letters. So I try to do them at least annually for their birthday or other occasions. Mm. And it's huge. You'd be shocked, you know, because I know we live in a digital age, but to have these handwritten letters really make a difference to these children. That's a great point. Uh, I know my uh, one dad I've known over the years, he, his son presented him as he graduated from college presented him with a box that had all the letters uh, oh, that his wow. dad had written to him. So that, you know, those are very powerful moments and, mm-hmm. uh, and mark what I call markers in the journey mm-hmm. of a relationship. Um, another tip I'd give you dads, I, I got this from a gentleman years ago, said, you know, when your uh, child has a birthday, uh, you can ask them, you know, what they remember about their birthday. And, uh, well, it's my birthday. He said, no, I'm talking about your original birthday. What, what about the day you were born? And, of course, they don't have any recollection. He says, well, I know the person that knows everything that happened that day. Mm. And so on your birthday, give your mother some flowers yeah. and say, thanks for my birthday. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> thought that was a, a good touch there. Yeah. But uh, that's, uh, it's all about conviction of, of being the, the man, the husband, the father you're called to be, communicating that clearly uh, to your family through time in Scripture, uh, praying together, and, and practicing these things and these tips that uh, Jason and I have discussed here. So I, I just encourage you to uh, respond to those moments of conviction and uh, communicate how you're growing in your relationship with the Lord and lead your family spiritually by example in the process. That's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. God bless. Godspeed.